0: Welcome back to Coming In Without Context. I'm your host, Dylan Yang, and today we have Hope and Javier with us today to start off the inaugural episode. That's what I'm gonna use that. I'm gonna use <laughs>
1: just something like that. I, I no, I'm gonna use yours. Okay. <laughs> you just we're using that. Okay. Wait, uh, but I'm not doing that's fine. Uh, I need to cut this out. I need to isolate just you saying that, and then we go right into it. Okay. Okay. You can edit later. <laughs>
2: But yeah, he's Dylan Yang.
1: <laughs> no, he's he just did it for me. <laughs>
2: All
1: right. Anyway, so I will be the host today. Um, I, I'm not going to reveal the the topic yet because Javier's still in the room. So mm-hmm. I guess Javier, uh, you can you
0: can leave now. <laughs> All right. We'll come back in the specified five to ten minutes, random time. Yeah. Bye. All right. So it's now, it's just me
1: and Hope. We didn't <laughs> <Unfortunately>. <laughs> do, I just realized we didn't do actual introductions.
2: Yeah, no, I thought about that, but let's just get started because you probably already got so. All
1: right. So the topic I've picked for today is titled being right, being wrong. There's a comma in between. So Hope, to start off, is it better to be right or to be wrong and why?
2: Uh, to be right, so that you do the correct thing, <laughs> right?
1: I mean, is that the right answer?
2: Uh, we'll see. I guess we're we'll gonna be discussing no, this for a while.
1: I don't have a definitive answer. Um, that was really open-ended.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's your answer? Is it better to be right or to be
1: wrong? Well, actually, so I'm not sure. I was hoping we'd get somewhere with this. Um. But, you know, I, I do like being right. It feels it feels gratifying.
2: Okay. <laughs> I thought you were going to say more than you did
1: not Oh, God, this is this is harder than I thought it would be. Um, did you
2: not plan anything out?
1: No, I have a I have a bunch of questions here. But I,
2: okay.
1: I, 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 you're supposed to fill in the gaps, you know? Yeah. So, like, what,
2: what gap am I supposed to be filling right now?
1: <laughs> this is too chaotic for me. We should cut this. <laughs> so, so my second question was: How is being right versus wrong viewed in our in our culture, and is it different between cultures?
2: Mm, that's actually a that's a good question. I feel like, you know, we say a lot about like if you fall then, like, mm. make sure you get back up and just try again. So I wonder if there are instances where it's, like, being wrong is not. tolerated. Because obviously, like, this is really, I don't know why my mind went here. But, like, the people who fucked up at Chernobyl, like, that cost mm-hmm. a lot of lives. So, like, being wrong in that instance, like, was obviously not. But obviously, th- th- but. In the moment, did they think they were wrong or did they think they were doing something right by like hiding the fact that there was a like nuclear waste being exposed to so many people, like to stop panic, but in the in that instance they were costing a lot of lives that they might have been able to save.
1: Yeah, that's that's definitely an interesting example because I and I think you bring up a good point because this is what I was thinking about, that it's kind of context dependent, right? Yeah. Um, Like it's not necessarily a thing about culture or or society. It's more like in a given situation are the consequences, something that is going to be more immediate. Like it's important whether you get something right or wrong or, or not even right or wrong, but like the consequences depend on the decision you make in that instance. Right.
2: Yeah, exactly. Like I, I feel like there's a lot of instances where being wrong isn't a bad thing at all and it might actually help you in the long term in like remembering what the right decision is but I think in a lot of instances that are a lot more high stakes like you don't have the luxury of being wrong like you you, mm-hmm. you have to do something right otherwise it'll it'll cost you it'll cost not even you but other people.
1: Mm-hmm. Um so you brought up a point earlier that I was intrigued by and I was thinking about in my preparation for this. Okay. So you talked about how like in our culture, it's kind of a thing that when you fail, people are always like, oh, you should get up, try again, you know, failure is good, as long as you learn from it, as long as you continue after it, right?
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: But then I also feel like there's and I don't know if this is how it used to be or if it's always been this way, but there's like a more um, implicit expectation that you don't fail, especially in maybe like more, not in lucrative, but more important situations, I guess. Like, like we were talking about maybe like if you were a doctor, right? If, yeah. you, if you fail, that might not not have good consequences.
2: Well, and a really interesting point about doctors too this is really random but um in different states the amount that you can sue a doctor for if they like harm you or a patient dies is like different state by state Mm -hmm. um in some states the amount you can sue them for is capped and in those states they value doctors over lawyers almost because they're saying like um like doctors can just make mistakes sometimes they're human whatever so you can't sue them for like an insane amount of money like here's the cap right. whereas other states are like nah like that cost human lives and so there's no cap and you can sue doctors for however much you want so even in that instance it, it really varies as you move along across mm-hmm. the country and probably across the globe
1: but also oh. it's a question of like can you really put a price on like certain consequences, especially if it's related to like experience, like emotional trauma or something like that. Like if a doctor really messes up, how are you supposed to like, how are you supposed to get reconciliation for that? You know?
2: I was just going to say in the same vein, I mean, doctors work like endless hours. So like, obviously we overwork and overexhaust them. So like, it's kind of inevitable that mistakes end up being made though that's not to like discount the people who are harmed by that at all
1: i was also um gonna bring up since we were talking about doctors this is not related necessarily to being right or being wrong but i took a health course uh, last semester i think and one of the facts that they said in the textbook was that doctors that were more uh caring or more like uh, like affectionate like more um emotionally responsive to that with their patients were actually sued less statistically compared to doctors who just kind of seemed logical or cold or just gave it to you straight you know
2: I feel like that makes sense because if you get wronged by a doctor who seemed like they cared about you you'll probably like reflect on what I was just saying like oh they're overworked and like yada yada but if it's a doctor who just like is cold to you and stuff you might believe like oh this is probably I'm probably not the first person this has happened to like you know they were they were kind of mean already and now I've been wronged um so I I can believe that because you don't want to sue someone who seemed really nice like you you're more willing to like understand where they're coming from I mean that's like a whole thing in psychology isn't it where like people don't view stuff from another person's viewpoint like they'll get angry at someone taking a while to order something but then they won't they won't put their that judgment on themselves
1: I'm really ashamed that I can't remember the exact terminology considering (laughs) I was into psych for so long but um it'll definitely come back to me later
2: yeah also welcome back Javier
0: (laughs) here ready to go Oh
1: what, what is your opinion on doctors, Javier?
0: On doctors. I think I really respect all the hard work that goes into it. And oh wow. I really have nothing to say. <laughs> 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 Let me think.
1: It's hard. It's this is harder than uh than anticipated. You know, you have to fill the dead space.
0: That's right. But So thinking about doctors and the way that they approach their patients about specifically if they seem like a nice person Mm -hmm. versus maybe a colder person and how that affects your ability to sue them. (laughs) Well, it's not even just like
1: that. I feel like, like there's almost a a point about like what type of personality you bring to any given job, like not just being a doctor, right? Mm -hmm. Like... I don't know. It's I, it's hard to imagine, or or we tend to stereotype certain roles with certain traits, right? Like we, we're like, oh, uh, lawyers or CEOs maybe should be more coldly irrational, mm-hmm. like that they, they'd be fine with, um, like sacrificing others for their benefit or for the benefit of a company, right?
2: Yeah, and I I think the same goes for like a lot like you wouldn't want a kindergarten teacher who's mean you you want them to be a very caring kindergarten teacher because obviously your kid's probably going to do better in that sort of environment but I mean despite that like education systems are different across the globe like I don't think the American kindergarten teacher would be representative of like a kindergarten teacher in very many other places
0: that's a good point and brings up the discussion of what is the best type of teaching, right? You can have those teachers that will offer a lot of, like, positive reinforcement. Oh, you're doing so great, or very kindly correct you versus those who will give you more of the tough love. And I always wonder which is the best way to go about it. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. And I I think this could go for a greater discussion of roles. I mean, like across different cultures, like what roles are ascribed to different professions could even be different. Not that I'm aware of like what people think CEOs should be like in other places, but like, um, just the expectations of others, uh, and how they should act is probably vastly different as you go from place to place. Mm
1: -hmm. Well, uh, speaking about like teachers and institutions, I was wondering, um, like how when we go through like the education system how does like our experiences teach us about being right versus being wrong you know in this in those situations like you know how we have to take tests right and the whole th- point about tests is that you've either memorized or you've understood the course material to a point where you can answer the questions accurately or at least accurately to what the t- the professor or teacher wants you to right and then you get a certain grade and we always want to aim for higher grades Meet like kind of correlating to being more quote unquote right mm-hmm. right so like what do you guys think about that
2: i think that it shows that um like the outcome is valued more than the effort at least in in grading systems because like I know I was always a good student in high school like there was a midterm I didn't study that much for but I had a friend that like made this huge like booklet of like so many notes and it she she spent like many hours and she ended up getting like a C on the exam that I got like an A on and the effort there was completely different but so even though we like we say the phrases like, oh, like, you just got to stand back up and try again. Like a lot of times the effort isn't what's really valued, but rather the outcomes. Mm-hmm.
0: Definitely. In a sense, it's a lot about learning how to be good at taking tests. And just like you mentioned, I was also just good at taking tests, even though I could not honestly tell you that I very much understood the material that well. And so the payoff for the effort that you put in versus what you see out, it was hard to find an exact relation of like, oh yeah, if you study more, you're going to do better because of the example you just gave. I think that reflects an interesting shift
1: in like like the goals of education versus the actual practice. Because definitely for us, like for students, the, the focus is nowadays is on grades, right? You wanna get the highest grades, you go to a a top tier college and then you get a nice high paying salary job, right? With benefits and that all stems from the tests. But if you kind of look back, like if you go a step backwards, isn't the goal of education to be just learning, right? That's Mm -hmm. why we have general education. That's why we have like fields which specialize in certain things. You're supposed to be learning stuff that you take with you throughout your life. But we end up focusing solely on the tests and trying to get through it, get through the courses, get through the material without actually retaining it.
0: That's right. That's right. And you think about the difference of calling students. Well, for example, in a college setting, it, are they students or are they customers or both? Customers in the sense of that implying that we are purchasing a degree, which is supposed to exactly just bring you to a better ability to get a job or something. And a lot of people do say that the stuff they learn in college can be very oddly specific, obscure things, and that later you just end up learning the thing you need in the job or through an experience. Right.
1: Um, Okay, so this this actually had made me come up with a, a thought of experiment if you guys will mm-hmm. um is it possible or how would the education system be if we had if we restructured all of it to be focused rather than being on success but learning failure like mm-hmm. instead of succeeding on tests your, your goal was purposeful failure and learning from the experience of failing? Like, is that, is that feasible? Is that realistic at all?
2: I mean, you can't just keep failing over and over again. I mean, as we discussed earlier, um, there are consequences to failing at times. Like it's not always something that um, you, you, you can just have the luxury of doing. So while you should fail and learn from the experience, I mean, you also need successes to learn from those experiences as well. You can't have one or the other, and have that be the structured system.
1: But isn't school kind of the the safest place? Isn't that what they say? They say that school's the safest place to fail. Like that's where you're supposed to take risks in a in a bubble, so to speak, and then you don't have to deal with any, or you don't have to deal with much consequence from it.
2: Okay, I was gonna say that. Um, I think as much as school is a safe place for failing and I do agree with that. Like if you're going to fail, that'd be the place to do it. You don't want to do it in the workforce where like your jobs on the line. And there's so many other things that could go wrong. Um, But at the same time, I think school could almost do with more of like a real world application and experience. I mean, we were just talking about how a lot of things that happen in college are really obscure Um, And so if we actually brought in real world application of things and you mixed like in school failure and learning from that with like real world successes, I think there could be a lot of benefits to that.
0: That's a good point. One of the most common complaints. And I remember many years ago, there was this very famous kind of viral video going around, which was like a song about why school sucks or something like that. Does anyone remember? Yeah. Boy in a band. Yes, that's exactly right. Like long hair, I, I think it was. I remember this character. And that is a sentiment that I think has existed for a long time. And it's still there. People complaining about, okay, why won't they teach? It's always the same thing, right? Oh, why don't they teach us taxes? And at least I know how to do a quadratic formula. They say things like that. And I do agree in many ways with that. Maybe an approach to school that is more practical skills thing, like Hope is talking about, could be a really interesting thought, right? Like maybe school could teach you things that you'll use, right? But I don't feel so secure on just discarding things like oddly specific. For example, I think all of the classes are valuable. I don't know. What yeah. do you think?
2: I don't disagree with you. Like I, I I, agree that like oddly specific classes are valuable. And I think if everything you learned was really general, then... and you always just stuck with really general knowledge. I mean, what are you going to gain from that? I think when looking at really specific things and looking at them in depth, you can get a better understanding than if you just look at an overview of things, but you need to combine like specialization with like generalization and um, like somehow like use both to gain experience Mm -hmm. and move forward. I feel like.
1: Mm -hmm. Yes. I think this is almost two different discussions we're kind of heading off into because like, like you were just saying, Hope, there's definitely a part of it that's like maybe a liberal arts experience versus a more technical focused experience. Right. But then also in education to what Javier was saying, um, and also hope you said this, uh, initially, there's like more practical world skills versus academia, so to speak. And I think that this might go in a complete, in a third completely different direction. But um,
2: uh-huh.
1: isn't it like it's not necessarily a good thing if we all just learned practical skills? Like, definitely, I think education has evolved side by side with our society in its development. Right? Like, you, Javier, you mentioned taxes. The only reason we need to learn how to do taxes at all is because our social systems are set up so that that's somewhat of a necessity, right? Like every year you have to do this thing. No one ever tells you how to do it really, except maybe if you ask your parents. Um, And it's always really complex because of capitalism and like the business is trying to hide it from you and the government, whatever. It's a Mm -hmm. conspiracy, right? (laughs) Yeah. But then I, I was thinking about like recently, I don't know if you guys know, there's been a handful of memes that have all been like oh if i went if i were teleported back in time a few hundred years i would teach them all the my advanced modern knowledge right and i'd adva- i'd become a god or something right but then the, the the punchline is that in actuality nothing we're learning today would be applicable unless you l- actually work and have technical knowledge in very specific fields right
0: mm-hmm.
1: so I guess my point is like, we, you don't want education, you don't want school, at least modern education to be just about, oh, here's how you start a campfire. Here's how you survive and find berries in the woods because our civilization, frankly, has just evolved far past that, right? We're not trying to go back to that time where we have to spend our entire days just looking for food every day, right? We, we're, we now have a system where we can learn uh, whatever we want to, engineering, philosophy, psychology, mm-hmm. anthropology, literally anything. There's all these different fields, but none of them are quote unquote practical, so to speak, right?
0: Mm-hmm. That that reminds me of something that I've seen at least in the past few years, the sort of phenomenon. I'm trying to think about how exactly this relates. Oh, okay. About the how civilization has evolved. Have you noticed the rise of these basically like coding schools for kids, which is like these places For anyone who hasn't seen this, it's basically these places that pop up all around. There's some in in Wellesley where where we were at for high school, um, where I think the concept is, okay, coding is in demand. So let's sign up our kids and make them learn coding. Right. That has been an interesting thing to observe
2: like the shifts in what is prioritized and like how people are already making kids like have to meet those demands even before they've (laughs) reached the point where that'd be useful.
0: Exactly.
2: This is kind of a little off topic about what we were discussing, but I mean, a lot of technical knowledge is still needed. Like obviously there's still like plumbers and farmers and what have you. And actually, we've been prioritizing things like coding and going to college so much that those fields are, like, so understaffed mm. that, like, it's gotten to the point where they're paying young people to be trained in them. And you can make, like, six figures on being a plumber, like, mm. because no one wants to go in those fields. And it's because we've been prioritizing it things like coding and other things that looked so in demand. But yes. in reality, now it's becoming really competitive.
1: You think that's reflective of like the priorities in our society? Like, is that, is it like, I guess, because I, when I, when I think about that, like, I, I definitely agree with you that these, like, I guess, quote unquote, service jobs, right. Are, are mm-hmm. undervalued. They're kind of stigmatized, even if they, pay decently well like even if you could make a living off of them most people are raised uh being told to avoid these jobs right because maybe they require manual labor um maybe they're unfavorable in terms of like social position Mm -hmm. right but but they are like technically speaking more practical in certain certain senses in certain aspects of life right
0: Mm
1: -hmm. so is that reflective of maybe how our society kind of takes this future forward like viewing stance like we only care about things that will progress us or advance us technologically or things that'll that'll make a greater impact on humanity like we're just focusing on progress and that's it
2: well not to make it a class thing but i think it is a class thing i think it's about wanting to elevate your position in society as the daughter of an auto mechanic if i had gone into the trades he he would have been so upset because he's been doing manual labor his whole life and he, he like even as a kid he would tell me like make sure you work hard now so you don't have to work hard later and things like that and like as much as um a lot of politicians campaign for people to go into the trades like their own kids aren't going into the trades like that rhetoric is surrounded on like making sure people go for blue collar jobs like oh like this will pay you well you don't need to go to college to be paid well you can do this but it's to try and filter people away from college so their own kids still have those benefits um Mm -hmm. uh, yeah (laughs) that's a little political
0: (laughs) that's a really good point and surprisingly relevant because Just, like, an hour ago, I saw this, like, little video that was basically saying, well, it was the point of view of, like, a child of an immigrant, and it was, like, the parent saying, oh, I didn't come all the way across this ocean, and just for you to be a broke and, like, do whatever you want, like, go study underwater basket weaving or whatever it is that people say. And even though it's, like, pretty funny... In the moment, it is. What is that trying to say? Like, maybe it's something like, like I've.
1: I guess the, from the parents' perspective, it's like I've made all these sacrifices, right? I've. I took this journey and moved from where I was born and raised, mm-hmm. so that you could have the potential of having a much better life than me. But mm-hmm. you're squandering that opportunity, right? Mm-hmm. That I've. I've given you that I've sweat and cried over yes to let you
2: have
0: exactly yeah
2: but I think that's all about like elevating like the status of the family like it's because it's not like they're talking like they're not even asking if their kids are happy right like it's all about trying to make sure that they're getting better opportunities per se but like it's really about like making sure that they're getting better titles, earning more money, something that that's tangible, tangible that they can show like oh I was successful in raising this child. But like there's so many other ways to be successful that's not elevating your status in that same way.
1: And to be fair, that's not that's not explicitly every parent's goal, right? That's just Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, there's certainly some aspects to it that like definitely all parents want their kids to be successful, but it's it might manifest itself in different ways. All right, so last uh, prompting question from me before we wrap up. I wanted to discuss this myth of uh, being wrong, so to speak. So, have you guys ever heard of that of the idea? And I don't. I haven't done any background research on this. Yeah. So there, like, there's the idea that evolutionarily we dislike being wrong because it might be associated with, like, we were talking about earlier, consequences, right? So, like, if you go out into the wilderness back when we were when humans were hunter gatherers and you picked up a berry that looked tasty looking and it turned out to be poisonous you would die right Uh and so that's supposed to be related to if being like you you want to be accurate in your judgment in your decision making otherwise it could have potentially fatal consequences right Mm -hmm. Now again, like I said, I haven't done any background research on this. Oh, but I guess first off, have you guys heard about this, or am I just... Do I sound crazy? You haven't.
2: Yeah, I haven't heard about it. It sounds interesting. Mm -hmm.
1: All right. So I call it a myth because, upon reflection, I don't think it's accurate at all. Because I feel like there's a common temptation to give our ancestors, right, our, our very far removed human ancestors, mm-hmm. we, we kind of make them out to be dumb cavemen all the time. Mm-hmm. But would don't you think, like, they would be, at some point, they'd be smart enough to realize, oh, we can watch the animals and what they eat to avoid poisoned fruit and, and poisoned food, right? We can, or we could even feed the these berries to animals mm-hmm. to see what the results are, right?
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like uh, in the instance of, like, is it evolutionary, like, to hate being wrong, I feel like they'd have to be more lenient and gentle with people who are wrong in, like, sharing knowledge and things like that. Like, when um, American settlers first came, like, they had to be taught how to farm, like, corn and things like that. And that's like a sharing of knowledge. That's not like an obstinance of like, oh, I'm right, you're wrong. So I don't don't know. Though the different cultures again.
0: (laughs) Well, does being, what exactly is, no, no, this is going to be like a stupid philosophical question. Do you mean being wrong as in there is, so eating the poisonous berry is, is a bad thing, so that's wrong? Or just trying things that are not what, like most of this human civilization would do is because I think, well, if everybody eats this one kind of berry that we know is safe, I don't know if it's necessarily bad to go try the berry that might be poisonous because what if it's actually really delicious and leads to a whole new advancement of society? It's packed with nutrients. It's easy to find, easy to farm. And so in that case, maybe there is some point to taking that risk of being wrong. Although there are different stakes in different situations. If we're talking about berries getting poisoned and dying, that's a different thing than being wrong in school and saying the wrong answer. right? Javier, you can't see my face, but when you said
1: uh, when you started out your, 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 uh, your speech blurb there, <laughs> a smile crept across my face because <laughs> I knew you were heading towards exactly what I was trying to get at. At the beginning. really so i'm gonna ask you javier right now since this is a great opportunity uh what do you think the topic is
0: that we're discussing oh i didn't even think about that <laughs> I didn't think about this the topic it started off well when i came in There was something about doctors i don't know how that relates at all to this let me think mm. i guess the biggest hints would be in what
1: i was trying to prompt the discussion towards right
0: yeah. Making mistakes at different stakes. Just because it rhymes. Right, that, that's good. I, I've titled this uh being right, comma, being wrong. So
1: that was that was pretty good. I think that's that's a round of applause. I'll insert round of applause, sound effect. Please. Or maybe I won't. It'll just be awkward silence. I see. So that's what you were getting at.
2: We got off track at points.
1: <laughs> I think that worked out really well because you came in and we were talking about doctors and then we continued to talk about doctors. And I asked you what you thought about doctors. So that was really funny.
0: Then somehow it circled right back at the end. So natural. So good. So, so natural.
2: Yeah. The last thing you said, I was like, wow, this is a great thing to end on.
0: (laughs) I didn't even know.
2: (laughs) I was like, this is perfect. I also realized that's exactly what you wanted it to go towards Dylan. So like, I was like, Oh wow. After this, it's over.
1: So (laughs) impressive. (laughs) <laughs> uh yeah so i i've realized from this uh inaugural episode that this game works more like a game of telephone almost rather than like a guessing game because i feel like we started out one place and then we went somewhere else and then that's when javier joined right and then yeah luck- luckily i think we count this as a win because we ended up at the same place we started mm-hmm. right uh-huh. that's that's how you win telephone technically although it's just a fun game telephone. <laughs> all right so uh thank you all for joining us rambling um we're clearly not professional mm-hmm. maybe we'll get better if we keep doing this or maybe we'll just stop doing this it's, it's practice uh javier where can they find you on social media um
0: oh should i do a little self promo <laughs> yeah go ahead and check out left-handed limason and that's spelled left-handed l-i-m-a-c-o-n for to find me (laughs) nice that's me all right thank you all for listening
1: (laughs) bye-bye